Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bikini Podcast. This is episode number 40, number three, 40, number three, bad coaching. That's what we're going to talk about today. The good, the bad, what to expect from your coaching experience, what to look out for if you're getting some signs, some red flags, some explosions. I mean, sometimes you get a big slap in the face and you don't realize it's a slap in the face until you get about 10 of them. And by then you're getting knocked the fuck out. A lot of ladies are getting knocked the fuck out with some badass coaching. It can be nutrition related. It can be training related. It can be PED slash drug related. It could be even just some communication and support. What do you expect out of your coaching relationship? What goals do you have set that are important to you that you possibly aren't getting from your experience? I'm going to get into that a little bit today, as well as some listener question and answers, of course, that have been submitted through Instagram. You can obviously follow me at Troy J. Thornton if you don't already. But first, I want to get into coaching. So because of Instagram land, I have the opportunity to you know, DM a lot of people and I speak to a lot of athletes, speak to a lot of coaches, and it's really cool to have that. Social media is a wonderful thing because we are all connected and eventually, you know, you find out a lot of things about different athletes, you find out things about different coaches and the good, the bad and everything in between. Now, the one thing that I find quite interesting is that I feel like the level or the benchmark standard, the expectations of results of communication of the quality of coaching is so very low not just in Australia, but also internationally, if anything, especially internationally, for whatever reason. And I think that needs to change. From an athlete point of view, I do believe a lot of athletes are putting up with a lot of bullshit that they probably shouldn't. And that can come from a communication point of view. So look, before I even discuss anything, I think it's important for an athlete before going into a coaching you know, client relationship to have, have some clear expectations of what they believe that they would like to get out of that coaching relationship and communicate that with your coach before you proceed. Because that way you're both on the same page. There's not going to be he said, she said bullshit. You can have clear guidelines and expectations of what to expect, the communication, the training, the nutrition. And then if you do select a coach and, you know, for example, you're in a six month agreement, you've decided to commit, which is cool. And three months in your coach has got really shit communication. Like, Hey coach, you've got shit communication. Like, I don't understand why people put up with this, oh, my coach only replies to me, you know, once a week and it's three days after I send a message or, you know, I asked for program changes. My coach said they were going to send me nutrition changes. It was like five days ago or whatever it might be, whatever the issue is, you know, I just feel like so many people keep putting up with the same shit because they either don't have the confidence to share that, what they really feel with their coach or... I don't know what it is. It blows my mind. For me, I think the best thing from a coaching point of view, I would rather my athletes, for example, share how they're feeling as they're going because then it's going to help me change as a coach. If you're not communicating with your coach, you know, you're realistically from the coach's point of view, oh, okay, cool. I'm doing everything that I need to do right now because, you know, there's, there's been no red flag. There's no been, there hasn't been, hey, hey, Troy, you've, you've sucked this week with your communication or this last month. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you haven't changed my diet in three months or some, whatever, some bullshit, right? That ain't going to happen with me, but whatever it is that you've got an issue with, I think it's very important for you to be able to communicate that with your coach and have that conversation because there should be open communication lines. It's important for your coach to be able to be honest with you when it comes to your training, your development, your nutrition. If you're fucking up, your coach is going to be real with you. It at least should be. And I feel like it should be the other way as well. You are a team. Coach-client relationship is a team. And if you feel like your coach is dropping the ball, 
have a word to your coach and obviously communicate what your expectations are, what your needs are based on your previous conversation before you started coaching is like, hey coach, we had this conversation. You knew that, you know, I kind of needed some TLC. I, I do feel like shit this week. You know, can you give me a pep talk or whatever it is that you need? Very important to have open communication lines. Very important to get that out very early. And then obviously if you're not getting your needs met, then communicate that along the way. It's an ongoing thing. It's a relationship. It's like, if you have a, you know, you have a partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, obviously there's going to be some disagreements along the way. There's obviously going to have to be some give and take. There has to be some sort of change. Otherwise, you know, the person's going to get shitty with the other person. It's just, that's just what happens in every type of relationship. What solves that is communication. What solves that is good ethics and work ethic. But at the very least, communicate what you need to communicate with your coach and that will solve a lot of problems. And then guess what? If your coach is a douchebag and doesn't want to communicate with you and gives you those one word answers, then you know that you're probably not important to your coach, right? If you can't just, for example, send your coach a message, you know, on the weekend or whatever it is, oh, but you know, it's past, it's past six o'clock. It's uh, past coach time. I, I shouldn't uh, text him, whatever the fuck it is. Like, come on, really, seriously. Should be able to communicate whatever you need to communicate with your coach. Coach will get back to you when he or she is available. But um, what I want to really talk about as well, uh, before I get into more bullshit, is something really interesting, and it's about drug use in bikini. And specifically, not just in Australia, but also on an international level, I think that more and more people are using PEDs. That's, that's for one thing. And the level of PEDs that I'm seeing used from other coaches, especially internationals, is kind of fucking retarded. I want to make it very clear that is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous for a bikini girl to be injecting. It doesn't matter what the fuck it is. I mean, unless you're a diabetic and you obviously, <laughs> you have insulin needles that are required to stay alive. Apart from that, apart from having some medical need, you shouldn't be administering any type of anabolic steroid from a syringe. Absolutely blows my fucking mind. And do I really need to say it? I think some most of you are probably caught on as to what the fuck I'm talking about because You've probably heard the stories. If you haven't heard the stories, just, you know, send me a DM, but please don't blow my shit up. If this is only like fucking 50 people that send me a DM asking who the fuck I'm talking about, then obviously y'all not woke. It's like, let's be real. It shouldn't really matter who it is. Bikini competitors or even ladies in general, we want to stay as feminine as possible. So very important to do that. But for the fact that there are international coaches and if everyone wants a clue, if you want a clue who the fuck I'm talking about, it's not what my accent is, but... There's a coach from South America, right? He uh, he gets his girls to inject, eh? And amateur bikini girls, bikini competitors. So you have amateur bikini competitors that aren't even pro card worthy, I would say. At least when I say pro card worthy, I'm talking about not having the level of development and potential conditioning. Conditioning comes later, but the development to get a pro card and you're recommending these ladies to inject testosterone. You're recommending these ladies to inject primobolin. You're recommending... Stanner injections. I mean, what the flying fuck is wrong with these type of people? The sport is a very interesting and beautiful sport, but we shouldn't be doing this crazy shit with our competitors and recommending it as coaches. It's not healthy from a, it's not ideal from a, a health standpoint. It's not ideal from a femininity standpoint. We want to keep bikini specifically. We're going to talk about bikini right now. We're going to talk about figure and the other categories. We want to keep bikini as feminine as possible and if you look at the Olympia lineup, we have ladies that are starting to look a little bit less feminine every year. And the warning signs are there. You know, the same people keep doing the same shit. 
and it's only going to get worse, especially if the size requirements are going to increase if it's happening from year to year, which is potentially very likely. But if you are a coach and you are recommending your bikini competitor to inject, you are fucking retarded. And believe me, people, you know this is not trolling. Make no mistake about it. We have bikini competitors on an international level who are injecting more than Troy Thornton has in the last few months. And that is absolutely not a joke. That is dead serious. And what really surprises me is, you know, going back to expectations and needs. It's like, what is, why the fuck am I getting into bikini to begin with, right? Okay, I want to win a pro card. I want to look feminine. I want to be confident. Whatever the fuck you need. Whatever you need is cool, right? But no one really thinks, okay, cool. Let's just start fucking injecting. We're going to start pinning. You got figure competitors that don't do that shit, right? But let's just talk about bikini. We are going to keep this shit feminine, lol, jokes. I'm next minute, I'm injecting because I'm listening to my coach from South America. And that's not the way to do it. If you are 23 years old or 24 years old, for example, and you look like you're 33, there is a problem. If you are 23 years old or you're 24 years old and you have a jaw that's more pronounced than me, (laughs) you've got a problem. And if you are 23 years old or 24 years old, and you have side effects, I actually think, seriously, side effects, if you've got, you got some noticeable side effects as a bikini competitor, you should be banned from competing. I'm saying, like, I'm dead serious. They should seriously put a ban on ladies that sound like trannies, right? If your voice has been compromised, and everyone knows what it sounds like, there's a big difference between having a light voice and the tonalities a little bit deeper, etc., versus, I'm gonna fuck that drunk voice. I can accept that somewhat in other categories, okay? Somewhat. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not condoning anything, but I am not accepting that in bikini. That is so fucking retarded. And then I look back at it and go, how is it possible that bikini competitors? And obviously, look, if I offend some people, I'm going to. That's just the way it is. But the reality is, is that it's not about those stupid snowflakes that have fucked their bodies up. It's about encouraging the future generation to do the right thing. So I just want to make it very clear. I'm not pointing the finger at anyone in particular but I'm encouraging the younger generation to not make the same mistakes that I've seen many other competitors make. That's my number one priority. But going back to banning ladies that are all jacked up, all side effect jacked up from competing, and I'm going to ban you from competing. If that was my federation, I'm banning those motherfuckers. How would you even police that? Because it's like, oh, you're past a certain point. Um, I'm like, oh, you're like, you're like 90% there or 95% there, but you're not, you actually aren't as fucked up as I thought you were. So you're allowed to compete or you're way too fucked up you are not allowed to compete. You know, it's you can't police that. But I just think that there needs to be a clear set message and guideline put out there to say, hey, listen, we don't want competitors. We don't want ladies to look all fucked up on stage. We don't want them to sound fucked up because they're supposed to be ambassadors of the sport. With social media these days, if as a competitor, if you can't go on IGTV or you can, can't go on your Instagram story or, if, you know, for the really popular athletes, if they can't go on YouTube without sounding all retarded, then there is an issue. If they cannot talk in a way or articulate themselves in a way that doesn't create confusion amongst, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old ladies that are about to enter the sport and get started in the sport. And they're like, hold on a second. How come your voice is a bit deep? Hey mum, why does this last sound like a tranny? Isn't that one of the girls that be in the top five at the Olympia or even the top 10? How come there's a few girls like that, mum? They're not women, you know, they're lady boys. Somebody, please tell me, why the flying fuck does that happen in a bikini? This type of shit, having those crazy YOLO side effects, representing, you know, as ambassadors of the sport in Olympia stage, this shouldn't happen in bikini. 
This shouldn't happen to any female competitor representing any type of sport. I can tell you what, this is definitely the snowflake generation. Because when is it socially acceptable to to be a, a female to sound like that? I mean, look, if you want to be a trainee, be a trainee. I've got nothing against that. Pro-choice, do what the fuck you like. No problem. Don't care. But you ain't competing at the Bikini Olympia. You deserve to be competing at Training Mountain. You can be Miss Bikini Transgender Training Mountain for all I give a fuck. I think it's absolutely a joke that I've even need, need to mention this. Is this something that people actually think about, but they're just not talking about? And in saying that, obviously, I am belting the sport up a little bit, but there are some competitors that I truly believe have a nice feminine look, someone like Angelica Tuxera. She obviously looks very feminine. She looks very healthy. She's a good representative of the sport, ambassador, etc. I mean, that is the type of look that they should be heading in in terms of femininity. Obviously, conditioning needs to improve the glute hamstrings, but we're not talking about that. I'm talking about femininity standpoint alone. I mean, look, I think bodybuilders are really chill and like there's obviously a very good bodybuilding community and everyone's like really kick back and whatever. Cool, I get it. You know, we all love bodybuilding. We all love bikini. And I think a lot of people don't want to hurt other people's feelings. That's cool. Like I'm all about that. We don't want people to be all like upset and shit. But the reality is we need to protect the up and comers that are coming up that need to understand that that's not the way to go. That's not the way to do bikini. If you had a daughter, would you think it's okay for that to happen? Would you want your daughter to be doing that shit? The answer is fucking no. I actually find it ironic that the ladies that are doing the dumb shit, you know, because look, the, the one element is the coach is retarded for steering the ship, but it's up to the individual athlete to say, no, this isn't right. I'm not going to do this because I'm not as retarded as what you're suggesting or what you think I am. It is certainly up to the athlete at the end of the day to say yes or no. But if you're spending money on a coach that on an international level seems to be good on paper, then obviously you're probably going to be like, oh, maybe I should listen because I've just paid all this fucking money and this coach knows what he's doing. But the reality is, is that you don't need all that dumb shit to get a certain result. You can, you certainly need all that dumb shit to look like a fucking tranny or to start the process. Not everyone's going to look like it. It's not like, oh my God, I've taken testosterone. I'm a guaranteed tranny. It doesn't happen that way. But the side effects certainly start a lot quicker when you go down that road. Okay, here we go. So I've actually got a new nickname for Mr. South America. His new nickname is Captain Cartel because that motherfucker is a drug lord. He is a drug baron. And anyone that says otherwise is absolutely fucking stupid. So much evidence out there. Thank fuck for amateur competitors who screenshot the drug protocols and send them for, and then forward them on. And it's becoming very much well known amongst the pro community what's going on. And it's just great to really push out that information so young people can stay away from this bullshit. But look, obviously I've mentioned other bad coaches on the podcast or on other people's podcasts like Captain Catabolic, two hours cardio, you know, 900 calorie diet for 16 weeks. Awesome. Sign me up for that. I'm about to run a marathon because that's what I look like. That's not coaching. That's not actually looking at what your client needs are. That's just not giving a fuck. That's called copy and fucking paste. So we've got, you know, copy and paste, Captain Catabolic versus Captain Cartel. I mean, take your pick. What do you want to be? Do you want to be with the drug baron or do you want to be with Captain Catabolic? Either way, you're going to have a great time. I've also heard from a number of different sources that we have a very interesting coach that is quite local. And I'm going to call this motherfucker Dr. Tren because that's all he does. He recommends Tren Balone, which is an injectable. So Tren Balone acetate to bikini competitors, which is absolutely fucking retarded. He might as well, he's probably part of the cartel. Let's be real. Captain Cartel is probably part of his gang, although the results don't look that way. So it's like, but let me get something straight. If you're going to look all types of fucked up, right? At least if you're going to be like a tranny, at least look like a fucking super shredded mutant tranny, because then at least you look good. But Dr. Tren, 
I mean, wow. Dr. Tran has athletes that look like complete horseshit, which is absolutely hilarious. You're taking a step down from Captain Cartel because you're making ladies or you're on the way to making looking ladies look like trannies, but you're not having the results to back it up, which is even more pathetic. I just want to point out that I certainly do not respect the athletes out there that knowingly, that are intelligent enough to understand that these certain coaches are absolutely ridiculous and retarded with their protocols and they are still recommending clients to go their way. And that's where it goes back to that having that very low standard from a health point of view, from an effeminity point of view. If you yourself don't want to look all fucked up, why are you recommending others to go down that same road? Unless you're that type of retard that uses a coach, but doesn't use a coach because you think there's going to be some sort of political benefit come the time where you are on the Olympia stage. But let's just take a, take a step back for a second. Let's visualize this, right? You're 16 years old right now. You walk into the gym, you see this bunch of girls with the biggest asses you've ever seen in your life. The shoulders are jacked up. There's veins popping out of everywhere. Their traps are sort of touching the fucking earlobes. You're so damn impressed with how they look. But then all of a sudden, you hear one of them talk. And the next thing you know, Hi guys. That's not what the sport's supposed to be about. That's not a good look for the sport, and that's not a good look for society. Let's be real. Imagine for a second... You know, let's use another example. We're at the Olympic Games right now. You have people that are in Olympic weightlifting, for example, they're all jacked as shit. They're probably all using PEDs, right? Let's be real. PEDs are probably in most sports. But isn't it interesting that in all Olympic sports, you don't have someone that, or at least from my experience, from my memory, you don't have an Olympic gold medalist that sounds like a broken guitar. It just doesn't happen, right? And if it does that person's probably not going to get much publicity because no one wants to hear what a broken guitar sounds like. It sounds fucking retarded. In no other sport apart from bodybuilding is it acceptable for branding purposes, from an image point of view, from a marketing point of view, for anyone to sound like that. And for whatever reason, you know, in bikini, sometimes things get let, like you let things slide and I feel like it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. That is not bikini. That's not what I picture as a 14, 15, 16-year-old boy growing up. These females these days, these bikini athletes, some of them are looking real jacked up. Like, we're heading to the figure category right now. And there's nothing wrong with figure, as I actually like that division. I actually like a lot of the female categories. But it's about keeping your femininity. That's what I'm about. And I'd also want to reiterate, it's actually not that difficult to stay feminine if you go down that PED road. And that's what boggles my mind. I mean, for the ladies that, again that are that crazy to use stupid shit. They go down that road, they fuck up. Okay, I get it. Everyone makes mistakes. But really, have some expectations of yourself. Like, what, what are your standards? Are you going to continue doing the same stupid shit? Like, if you fucked up, right? That's cool, you fucked up. Move on to the next coach that's going to look after you. I mean, that's just common sense logic. We can see side effects from an external point of view, but what are the internal side effects? I mean, if something like testosterone is going to really, you know, you grow hair, your, your clit's going to grow, your jaw's all fucked up, you sound like a broken guitar. That's what we see from an external point of view. That's what we hear. What's going on internally? That's what we don't see. And that's probably what's the most dangerous thing. You know, people aren't thinking about these things. How many competitors would like to get in bikini knowing that this is a possibility? It's like hit and miss. You're going to you're gonna roll the dice. We're playing Russian roulette. We're going to get a stupid coach. We want a pro card. Next thing you know, okay, cool. I'm prepared to do whatever it takes. Let's take some PEDs and eh, eh. next thing you know, broken guitar city. Ow. Fucked up. 
what are you going to do? You know what you do? You review the situation, have expectations. Hold on a second. I wasn't prepared for my femininity to be fucked up. Therefore, I'm going to change coaches because that coach is kind of retarded. And if I continue doing that, it's actually going to be worse. If you can continue going down that road of Mr. Fucked Up Coach, Captain Cartel, Drug Lord City, the Drug Baron, or Captain Catabolic, Dr. Tren, then those type of coaches are only going to make things worse for you in the long run. Externally, we can see. We can hear how you sound. We don't know what the inside looks like. And that's some scary shit. So as a competitor, it's really interesting, you know, with the PED line. So it's like, all right, if I want to compete in bikini, am I going to take PEDs or am I not? And if I am, where is the line? So I think for most people that don't understand, you know, what are the substances that can potentially affect you in terms of external side effects, you need to really find that out and draw the fucking line and say, okay, if I'm going to go down this road, I'm obviously done my research, I've done my planning, I know all the side effects potentially, both the short term and long term. And I'm going to make a conscious decision to say, this is my line and I'm going to draw it. So for anything past this line, if I have a coach that's going to suggest anything other than what I'm okay to do or what I'm okay to use, then I'm certainly not going to say yes to that. I'm going to say, fuck you, coach, go suck a dick. And what I find really interesting is sometimes the obligation or need to take PEDs. So sometimes I'll have ladies that will message me say, hey, Troy, my coach doesn't know much about PEDs. What do you recommend? It's like, if I was going to go down that road and I'm using a coach and I'm paying a coach for this service, then I'm going to want to pay a coach that knows what he or she is doing with PEDs alongside nutrition and training. Because obviously they are going to complement each other, especially when you go into a contest prep. You cannot have a natural bodybuilder slash coach going to prep you into a show when you're using PEDs, should they not have PED or drug experience? It just makes no logical sense. You need to have someone that has obviously got experience in that field. Now, the issue that we have is, is that the people that seem to have experience in that field are really, really fucking stupid. So that's where it's very important for you to do your research and have, you know, done your due diligence. And sometimes people ask me like, how do I find a coach that knows what he or she is doing with PEDs? It's like, okay, cool. The first step is looking at their clients. So do their clients look all fucked up? Are their clients all jacked up? How long have they been working with? And if, for example, they are working with a client that seems to be looking like a tranny, then be like, hmm, this is um, raising a little bit of a question. Did this happen before or after the coaching or during you know, the coaching experience? Most of the time, if you do your research, it makes it so much easier with social media. Back in the day, imagine having no photos, having no video, having no digital footprint to really research and review the information. And it's, it's so interesting. Like so many ladies don't even do that research and review what they could potentially getting themselves into despite the digital footprint. You have so much content information. You can see what the coaches or, you know, what coaches have worked with in terms of athletes and how they look physically in terms of their femininity, in terms of obviously their structure, size, uh, size conditioning, whatever it is. You can look at these things on Instagram very easily. We didn't have this 10 years ago. Imagine being, you know, being a bodybuilder 10 years ago, like, how do I find a good coach? Like it's word of mouth. And the next thing you know, you're taking someone's word that's a dimwit and then it's a reoccurring problem with social media that one of the best things about it is that we've got an opportunity to research and to figure this out. So it's so very important. I will say it again, ladies, do your research, due diligence, ensure that you are confident decision that you're making. And I will say again, draw the line. I'm not going to take anything past X, Y, and Z. And doesn't mean that you're going to shut yourself to the conversation of being able to discuss options with your coach, 
but you want to be able to educate yourself and understand the why and the logic behind any decision moving forward because you need to make sure that you've got your health, number one, you know, at, at its best interest. And then obviously, you know, you want to have a good result. But I also see a lot of natural competitors, ironically, doing better than a lot of ladies that are using PEDs. And it's quite interesting that I see that. And it's like, what is the actual reason? I was actually discussing this with someone the other day. The reason is work ethic. So if you're if your training and nutrition is on the fucking money and you're training like a boss bitch, you know, I've got natural athletes, ironically, right? That look better than some of my girls that use PEDs. What is the difference? It's not, oh, they've got a different coach. They've got the same coach, right? They've got very similar training I suppose mythology because I, I program everyone based on their physique and they've got this you know similar exercise selection they've got obviously they're training for their weaknesses and building symmetry and proportion with their physique but they've got the same coach they've got similar nutrition principles I obviously like to increase calories a lot so what is the difference apart from using PEDs work ethic how they're training they're stretching the recovery the compliance so the internal dialogue matters the mindset matters how much they really put into it on an like on a daily basis, their effort and intensity versus oh, I'm just going to use some PEDs and just go for a walk and lol. Like, fuck that shit. It's about dedication. It's about commitment. It's about going all in and being committed to it. So if you've got a goal, I know this isn't a mind tech podcast, but if you've got a goal, you need to commit to it and you need to believe in it and you need to make sure that you do everything in your fucking power to make it happen. And if you don't, there's going to be some natty bitch that's going to come along and absolutely steamroll you. And then you're going to be mad because she's jacked and she ain't even fucking using PEDs. And you, you're a lazy ass motherfucker that's drugged up from Captain Catabolic or Dr. Tren or Mr. Captain Cartel. And you ain't got anything but excuses about losing to a fucking natural bodybuilder. Like shit, this happens all the time. And I find it highly amusing. I'm not suggesting that naturals do have an advantage of anyone that takes PDs because that's absolutely ludicrous. But what I am telling you is that I've seen many situations where a natural athlete has beaten ladies that not only use PDs but also abuse it. And it comes down to the mindset, the commitment, the dedication, and the motherfucking work ethic. I also wanted to really put the message out there that I am definitely all about the athlete making the decision when it comes to PDs. So it's obviously... The onus is on the athlete. You can either accept a coach's recommendations or you can either decline, but you must, must, must do your research. If you do your research, you're going to save yourself a lot of headache. You're going to save yourself a lot of headache, not just in terms of obviously drug selection, drug protocol, but obviously in relation to selecting a coach that's going to benefit you. You want to select a coach that aligns with your with your goals, with your beliefs, with your moral ethical standards. And obviously you need to make sure that you get along. The communication's there. So obviously I've talked about PEDs a little bit. I wanna also talk about communication. How often are you communicating with your coach? And again, going back to the expectations, that initial conversation, what were your expectations with that particular coach going into that coaching experience? Did they you know, live up to the expectation? Have they sort of started off that way and have dropped off? Have you communicated with them? It's very, very important, as I mentioned earlier, to communicate with your coach. Your coach isn't a mind reader. Your coach cannot read your mind as much as, for example, I would like to reach people's minds. I can't, I can't do that. Like everyone's human. Like we aren't cyborgs, not at least yet anyway. I can talk about that another time. I mean, look, Elon Musk, okay, Neuralink. People Google that shit, Neuralink. 
we are going to have microchips in our brains within the next five at the very at very latest 10 years time lol going back to the communication side of things communicate with your coach right make sure that you're happy with it that is the foundation of any relationship as i mentioned before so ensuring that you are getting a training program that is customized to your weaknesses and how often is that reviewed how often is it looked at are you making progress? Are your weak points coming up? Are you eating enough calories in the off season? Does your coach share the same passion and share the same goals as you do? This is all to me quite common sense. Like this is how I approach things, right? But ladies, I've got to sometimes push you in the right direction and say, wake the fuck up because your coach ain't doing what he or she is supposed to be doing. And then obviously you're left disappointed. And then the next thing you know, you're getting steamrolled in your competition and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, but I was on PEDs and I lost to some natty bitch or I lost to this other bitch because she's on steroids. She's on steroids. That's why I lost to her. Everyone has an excuse for the lack of achievement, but that's why you go back to it, right? So if you're serious about your goal and you've got this level of commitment and dedication and you're like, cool, I am all in as an athlete. I can't wait to get the fuck after it. This is what I want to achieve. Your coach needs to share that same excitement. Your coach needs to be on that same page and be like, fuck yeah, I got to design the program of the gods. We're going to get you to crush every set to the death and we're going to make it, make it fucking happen. We're going to make it rain on this bitch. It's about you becoming your best you. And the way to do that is with adequate planning, with commitment, with dedication. But obviously you need to have a coach that is obsessed with getting it fucking done. And there are a lot of phonies out there and I keep hearing about it. And there's some very, very successful phonies on paper. You can make that money. You can have a successful business. But actually, are you a really good coach? Are you also going to take your girls or your boys or your athletes to the next level mentally? Mindset coaching. I mean, there's a big difference between getting a reply once a week versus communicating with someone every day and telling them how fucking great they can be. Installing that belief, making them feel like they can achieve something, building that momentum so they can crush it like this is just all common sense shit I, I mean like has anyone ever played sport when they were younger right and you had a really cool coach one year because they believed in you or they really pushed you in your training it's the same concept you want to use that same feeling like you, you want to be able to feel that way with your bodybuilding or your bikini career right are you getting pushed are you demanding more of yourself is your coach demanding more of you is your coach just sort of taking a step back and letting you do what the fuck you want like shit is this coaching or is like, what is this? Only you know what's going on with your experience. You know, how often are you getting your calories increased? Are you making progress? You're making changes. Is it a combination of you being a lazy ass and your coach being a lazy ass? It's like, okay, cool. Let's both cut this shit and have a conversation and make sure we get you back on track or we're both getting on that same track because both parties need to be on the same page. It's a one way motherfucking street. We're on a train and we're going to steamroll motherfuckers. That's what's up. So I actually want to mix things up a bit and not have a very, very long podcast this time, but I actually want to get onto some questions that have been submitted through Instagram. So let's get started now. All right. So the first question that I have, and this isn't related to coaching, this is just general topics and questions. Any dates for the 2021 IFB shows yet? This is actually a common question that I've that I've received, not just on the submit your questions, but also just people asking me on DM. I actually don't know the when i had the conversation with tony doherty i believe on the podcast that we had and uh, i believe tony said that they have booked the arnold's for the third weekend of march so obviously if the arnold's go ahead whether it's going to be called the arnold's or whether it's going to be season a show let's just call it a season a show i would believe that it would be in the february to march range so i would definitely 
consider you know doing a contest prep preparing for a late february or an early march show as the qualifying show to have the other show uh, obviously after that so the next question that i have is problems with sleep coming into comp not getting enough cannot wind down what are some suggestions i would say how much coffee you're having the stimulant so let's look at that your pre-workout are you a natural athlete? Are you taking clean? What are the stimulants that you're having, right? So making sure that if you have pre-workout or stimulants, ensuring that you have that earlier throughout the day. If you're having a pre-workout and you're training at nighttime, I would not have a full dosage. So for example, if you're having a scoop, cut it back to half a scoop, you're probably not going to get as jacked up. It's going to give you enough energy or at least the sensation of that to wake up and to get after it, but it's not going to be enough to keep you up at night. So I'd look at the stimulants that you're having. I would also look at your nutrition. Uh, ensuring that you're allowing adequate time to digest your food before you go to bed. So your last meal, so half an hour before you go to bed at the earliest, uh, rather than eat your meal, go to bed. You don't want to sort of go to bed on a full, full stomach. Have Give yourself some time to digest. That could be a potential issue. I would also look at potentially buying a sleeping product. So Adrenal RX from ATP is really good. Uh, I obviously use that being an ATP guy myself. Big, big recommendation to that. I would also say that you could potentially look at some ZMST. That's also from ATP Science. Magnesium by itself is also really good, but magnesium spray, I find that having anything transdermal seems to have better absorption rather than swallowing a tablet. So magnesium spray can help relax you before bed. But I would look at those things probably first, try that out and then see how you go. And if that doesn't work, then slide into my DMs and obviously I'll try to come up with a solution for you. So the next question is, will you try to interview some of the top bikini Olympians? Absolutely. I would love to do that. It's just a matter of, you know, one, getting on the show. So Beatrice, the other um, the other week coming on was a great start, having, you know, placing 12th at the Olympia. I would consider her a top Olympian, absolutely. And she's going to continue being a top Olympian in the years to come. So that was definitely the start for me. I would love to get other ladies on board, which I will certainly do over the next coming weeks, or at least try to, you know, we're going to start the process and hopefully get them on before they are too deep into their prep. So the next question is, if you could go back to the beginning of your coaching career, what would you change? Ooh, this is such an interesting question and I'm going to have to think on the spot. So I would say that I would get myself a mentor, definitely get myself a mentor so I could learn a little bit more, a lot quicker. I would ensure that I have systems set up in place a little bit better. I would, I would spend more money on branding. So like making my documents nice and sexy. So presentations there. I used to send out the shittest training. Like all my OGs would know this. I sent out the shittest training programs imaginable in terms of the aesthetics. The quality of the program was good. You know, how I wrote a program, I felt like, you know, the exercise, the actual program was beneficial, but how it was presented looked like horseshit. And I think having proper branding, you know, just it's like, Everything that I do, like everything you should do as a coach should be at a higher standard. And if my documents look like shit, you know, how can I feel good about it? How can a client feel good about paying for something that looks like shit, even if the program in itself is beneficial? So I think that's also very important. I would probably in my earlier years, um, even last year, probably I was maybe a little bit too much of a loud mouth on podcasts. So I learned, you know, just to reconsider my words and, and, and how I approach things in terms of, you know, upsetting people specifically because I probably have done that and I would you know look at rewording things in the future to make sure that I'm not targeting or nobody feels targeted because that's what you, you don't want to I don't want to be a bully and that's not my intention I never had that intention but I can certainly see why I would have come across that way on a podcast doing for example a wrap-up of a show so that's something that I would change because it's important to 
you know, be inclusive and make people feel good. Constructive criticism is good, but making people feel a bit bullied. There's a, there's a fine line between being a bully and playing the victim. So it's like, am I actually being an asshole or is this constructive or am I being a bully? So that can be open to interpretation. So it's important to word things and articulate things in a way where people are going to receive that information, not in a negative way, but sometimes you can't do that. I mean, that's why, you know, there's politics. You look, for example, at the States, you got Donald Trump versus Biden. Trump, in my opinion, is a fucking, just a straight up killer. I love Trump. People don't like Trump because he's so in your face. Boom. He does say some outrageous shit, but that also makes him unique and interesting. And I feel like people can relate to his authenticity. And I feel like it's important to be authentic. So there's a fine line between being real and being offensive. So it's something that is a, it's always like a, it's a, it's a, everything's like a working, working document. You know, you need to change things as you go. You need to make adjustments as you learn. So I just think implementing new things that I'm learning, whether it's communication. And I I think in the past, I probably didn't communicate as well with ladies. Now I believe I can communicate in a way that's more effective. Possibly a year ago, I was maybe a bit more blunt and direct and I wasn't as empathetic or understanding. And I feel like I've learned how to communicate a little bit better. So there's a lot of things, um, you know, what would I also change is just research a little bit more, learn as much as I can at an earlier stage. I think it's important to continue to learn. So even though I am very confident in my abilities as a coach, my skill set in terms of making changes and analyzing the sport and analyzing the physique, I would want to ensure that I would push myself at an earlier stage to learn as much as possible and to find someone that I could model myself off. And I'm not suggesting that people message me and say, Troy, can you mentor me? That's not what I'm getting at. But I do believe it's important to find yourself a mentor that also has the time to do it. For me, I don't have the time. I've had a few people message me. I don't have the time to do it. Uh, I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it in the future. It's just a time thing for me. So I just think that it's very important for people to review their performance and to make sure that they're giving their best all the time and to communicate with athletes and ensure that they're getting that information that they need including the negative constructive information from athletes that they can use to implement in their programming or their communication or their service as a coach to improve their product, really. Like it's all about improvement. So I I want to continue to be better every day, every week, every month, every year. And the only way to do that is through research, to ask questions and to raise questions as well. Have, Have a conversation, be a little bit bold. And I don't give a fuck. Like I'll say, you know, the shit that I said in today's podcast, because it, it resonates with me and it resonates with a lot of ladies out there. Like who the fuck wants to inject as a bikini competitor? It's ridiculous. So I probably would want to learn a bit more about drugs at an early stage and really push out that message that, Hey, you, you can, you can use some PDs if you really want to, but you don't have to look like a fucking tranny to do it. Like shit. Come on. Really? You know, there's a really big stigma on steroids and it being very masculine it doesn't have to be if you do it correctly. And I'm not suggesting that everyone does it. I'm just saying that people are doing things unintelligently and it can be done a lot better. And I would probably want to really push that message moving forward. I hope that answers the question. So the next question that we have is, have you ever had to stop working with a client because they don't work hard enough? Absolutely. Absolutely. I get frustrated with people that fuck up sometimes. Everyone fucks up. Most people do. And that's part of the coaching experience. You know, you need to encourage, you need to be understanding. You need to work on a solution. So I'm all about working with solutions and figuring out, you know, what I can do as a coach to improve, you know, the athlete's mindset and ensure that they are 
doing everything that they need to do to strive towards their goal because that's the number one thing. It's like their goal is the number one thing that we need to, you know, that we need to get after. So as long as I'm doing that, I'm satisfied. When the same thing happens over and over again, it's been months and there's no progress and there's a problem, right? It could be a simple thing like a compliance. It could be a belief. It could be self-sabotage. It could be, oh, you know, playing the victim, whatever the fuck it is. You know, I, I don't like people that don't listen to the program or at least don't attempt to. Again, everyone can fuck up. It's, it's human nature to fuck up. But at the end of the day, is your goal worth it? You know, you're paying your coach for a service. You're throwing money down the drain, right? You're throwing your, your time, your money down the drain, and you're also wasting coach's time. Like I'd, I'd rather work with someone, for example, for free. That's an absolute fucking killer. That's not going to waste my time. Then get paid by someone who's a pain in the ass that keeps fucking up and doesn't do anything about it, right? So that probably gives you a better understanding of my mindset. So the next question is, what are the main traits you look for in an athlete? Okay, that's a good question from the same person. So we, I would say that they need a goal. They need to have a goal. They need to know where they want to go. And they need to believe in the, in that goal and understand that timelines are important. They need to understand that the level of commitment and dedication required to achieve some goals that aren't easy to achieve, like a pro card in Australia, that shit's going to take some time. There's a lot of ladies that are wanting to be in that position. And if you're one of those ladies, what the fuck are you doing on a daily basis to make that a reality? And some of you snowflakes really need a reality checks. I have some ladies that you know, we'll listen to a podcast uh, and will say to me, Troy, like I'm gone from a pro card. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't, I don't say like, I don't want to put people down, but I'm just like, come on, really? You need to fucking have a reality check. I know how you train. I know what you look like. I know how you pose. I can look at someone and know if they're doing everything in their fucking power to make it happen. And I'm not about to give anyone compliments right now and air raid this shit, but there are only a few ladies that I, in this country as an amateur that I see that are really putting in their best effort. And those are the ones that are in the mix for a pro card. There are some ladies that have a lot of potential and they're just fucking around. And there's some ladies that are not even remotely ready to get a pro card. And they're talking about it like it's a possibility. Get the fuck out of here. There's a big difference between believing in yourself and having a goal and then and committing to it. Like I know that you are not committing to it because you don't look like a fucking open class national competitor. You're just talking mad shit. You like the idea of winning a pro card, but you're not getting after it. So the main thing that I look for an athlete, uh, it's just the dedication, the commitment, you know, just the compliance. Like I have a couple of athletes that I really, really love working with because they're just like motherfucking soldiers. They just do what it takes. And ironically, they get the best fucking results. Isn't that interesting? You know, there's a direct correlation between the results that you get and the effort that you put in and the ladies that fuck around that might cheat on their diet, that might not go to the gym that day, that will, will skip the cardio session, that won't have that strong internal dialogue, or at least they won't fight off their negative dialogue. Those are the ladies that ain't winning anything. They ain't doing shit. They might be talking mad shit, but they ain't getting after it. So, you know, if you're one of those ladies, it's okay. You just need to reconsider your thoughts. You need to reset yourself, set your goal, right? And start from scratch. Let's go back to square one. That's cool. It's okay to fuck up. It's it's what, what matters more than anything is how you make up for your fuck ups and moving the fuck forward. There's no point you, and this is something that I've done as well, right? Like I will look at something and go, wow, I fucked up here massively. What a dumbass. I did all this stupid shit and then I'll live in the past and think about, it's like, no, that's not me as a person anymore. You know, you need to forget about that shit and you need to move the fuck forward. And part of that 
is putting goals and processes in place to make sure that you can be a success. And that starts with committing to the goal, putting the work in. So the next question, it would be cool to hear some IFB judges on the show. Not sure if you've done that. So yeah, Emily Zillick's been on, uh, Emily Zillick's IFB Pro League Victorian judge. Really, really cool. Former figure competitor. We've done a podcast actually. Probably we did, we discussed her, I suppose her history, contest history as a figure competitor, as well as a number of different issues. But we did touch on the Arna results, I believe. And we also did that fertility episode um, and M was pretty much hosting the podcast episode that day. So that was really cool, but I would love to get other judges on board. I would need to get permission to do that, but I certainly wouldn't mind, you know, going through and going through a contest and just talking about where the direction of bikinis heading and obviously other female categories. That'd be really cool. So the next question is, is top quality to have as a client? Well, there you go. Very similar thing. So I, like, I just, I probably might as well reiterate and it's just about their commitment like just dedication, just making it happen, just wanting to be better every day and doing the one percenters. It's like, there's there's also levels. There's people that are compliant. There's uh, there are athletes that are compliant that work hard and there's athletes that are compliant that work hard and do the extras. And then there's athletes that are compliant, that work hard, that do the extras and have the internal dialogue and belief that they're going to be a fucking killer. Like there's levels to everything. So I just love ladies or athletes in general that uh, have this confidence and belief that it's a possibility. All you need is having, you just need a sense that it's a possibility that you can achieve great things. And I can use that possibility, turn that into a certainty and make it fucking happen. And we can cream that shit. So I, I, I just love the competitiveness of things. And I, I just love ladies that know what they want. You know, it's okay to have some, to be hesitant and to be not sure. And be like, oh, you know, that seems a bit bold. And I, I don't know. Great. I love you. Let's fucking roll. Let, let's say we're going to attack that goal and we're going to get the fuck after it. And we're going to make it happen and make it a certainty. There's no maybes when it comes to goals. There is either, there's either, yes, I'm going to do it or no, I'm not going to do it. So the next question is training difference, bikini versus wellness. All right. So wellness ladies need to get jacked as fuck in the leg. So leg training is a little bit more frequent upper body. Once they've developed the upper body, they'd probably just need to have that on maintenance. So it depends on the level of development that you have as an athlete. If you're looking to get into wellness, so if you're a bikini competitor, that's going to transition into wellness, then you probably need to train your upper body. You probably need to belt the shit out of your quads to get them jacked up to, you know, to wellness standard. So, you know, the training programming will be different from person to person, but in a very general statement, you need to be training legs quite frequently. So legs every second day, for example, would be a recommendation depending on your your volume and the intensity. Sometimes you won't be able to do legs every second day. You could be doing legs twice a week. So it depends on the intensity, depends on the programming and you know how well you're recovering. Everyone is different, but certainly twice a week legs would be ideal. And when I say twice a week legs, I'm talking about a hardcore quad session twice a week would be the very bare minimum. Bikini girls don't really need that unless their quads are really lacking. So again, it depends on your physique. So the next question, overtraining. How much is too much and how many exercises per session or sessions per week? So again, it would depend on the level of intensity. So for example, if we're talking about, you know, the you know, top quality athletes, right? Someone that's completely, like I said, complete winner, absolute killer. They're not going to be able to do as much training volume as someone that's training like a pussy in the gym because they're giving their every effort, right? So training volume and exercises and all this stuff, that's determined based on the athlete and how hard they're training. Some athletes can go balls out 
and do medium to high volume. Some athletes can do really, really high volume because they're training like a pussy. So it's not going to have that much of an effect on them in comparison. So it's depending on the person, but I'm not really a big believer in overtraining. I think most people don't do that. I think most people pretend like they're training hard and they've got something in the tank. So I wouldn't really look at that as an option because most people don't train that hard with they're overtraining. A good coach will pick up on a crazy athlete that is really pushing it. And like I mentioned, I've got a couple that I'm like, ooh, I know that they're pushing it and I'll tell them to have an extra rest day every now and then on top of their programming because they need it. So it depends on the person. It's a very general question and you need a coach to design something that's suited to you and to make adjustments based on your progress in photos and obviously your weight, weigh-ins, and obviously the amount of calories you're having. So do you need to have more calories if you're doing like a really intense program? Absolutely. If you're in prep, you're going to be doing 50 sets of legs a day. Are you you know, recovering from that? You know, There's so many variables that come into play and that's where coaching is needed. So everyone is different because everyone recovers and has a different level of a training intensity. Uh, everyone recovers different, I should say. Individualized, yes, it needs to be. All right, guys. So I'm actually going to wrap this shit up and have a short podcast for once. So if y'all have any questions about this episode, if you like this episode, please let me know. If you want to hear more about a certain topic, I'm definitely going to do more solo podcasts coming up. I know that a lot of you ladies have mentioned mindset, mindset, mindset. So let me know if there are any other topics that you'd want me to have a solo rant on. And if you have any guest suggestions, as always, please let me know. Send me a DM. Don't be shy. Some of you ladies are scared to send me a message. Definitely do that if you would like for you know a special topic to come on or a special athlete. I'm all about that life and I'll do my best to get them on. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. If you could share this podcast, it'd be greatly appreciated. And if you could, don't follow me on Instagram. If you, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Troy J. Thornton. Like it, share it. Boom. See you next time. Thank you for listening, people, and ciao.